Hello and welcome back to another delightful, wonderful, lovely episode of the podcast with no name. I am Nolan and with us again is Christopher. Christopher Chavez. Christopher Christopher Chavez. That's right. Christopher Christopher Raman. I have two first I have a first name and, and a first name. And a first name. But you can call me The Man with Two First Names. Christopher Chavez. Okay. That's your nickname, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, oh. we're drinking hot chocolate and it's yes, really, really good right it, now. It, you know what? For some reason it just absolutely hit the spot. It was just like, oh yes, it's rejuvenating the soul. Juvenating! It's like soul exfoliation. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Weird, but okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna let, I'm just gonna let you continue on with that and see where that, where um, that goes. Well, I'm gonna try this whole episode being shy. Whole episode being shy. Yeah, huh? like when you when you say, Chris, what do you think about this topic? I'm gonna go. Um, that's that's really. I feel like it's good. Well, in the spirit of Veterans Day. Yes. I thought, you know, um, with my degree in history... You have a degree in history? I do. That's historic, man. It rather is, <laughs> isn't it? It's uh, one for the books. Oh, my gosh. Uh, history. If, if you give me history tests right now, I'd okay. fail. All right. Well, we're not going to do that. Thank God. Yet. Oh, crap. What we are going to do is... Well, you know, this reminds me of that delightful term that your wife coined. Okay. What was that? About me and how I regard certain things within cinema. Yes. And it's what? What is the name of this? What is it? Please enlighten our audience once again, because I'm sure they've heard it before. <clears throat> it is called... Oh, crap. No, it's not called Oh, crap. It's the Nolan oh, Standard. Oh, it's the Nolan Standard. That's right. That's right. The Nolan Standard. The Nolan Standard, and it is a very live, tangible thing. That Nolan, yeah. uh... and there are some things that meet the Nolan standard, even though they're complete and total lousy. You know, like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> you know, but, but that's because it wasn't trying to be serious. It right. wasn't trying to do this. It wasn't trying to do that, and it was just complete, total, one hundred percent can't be fun. Then you'll get um, other movies that are trying to be serious. Right. And pay so little attention to detail that it just completely misses the mark. Right. It's 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 like the bones of of a story that, that they're kind of they don't care about the story. They just care about like specific scenes and not the whole yes. story in general. And 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 so then it goes, uh oh, nope, doesn't quite make the Nolan standard. Uh, one of those ones that you and I had have heated arguments and almost fisticuffs was Dunkirk, where, you know, you said it was the most amazing movie ever. And I didn't I was say like, it was an amazing movie. I said I enjoyed it. I didn't say it was no Endgame or Joker or no. Good Will Hunting. But for me, Dunkirk was a lousy war film because you didn't actually get to see what Dunkirk was all about. Right. Dunkirk was about the boats rescuing all the soldiers. That's what made Dunkirk Dunkirk in history. In, in history. But I will never argue that that movie was just one of the most visually spectacular things I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, I think they literally attach an IMAX camera to a plane. Well, but you know, but see, we only get to see the perspective from one thing, one thing, one thing, when, you know, 
one plane represented entire squadrons. Right. Or one boat represented the entire capability of England to go over in force and rescue everybody. Right. So it was just, okay, fine, whatever. Um, the Darkest Hour, actually, with about Winston Churchill, had more boats in it than the movie of Dunkirk. Ah. Uh. And that was just one little scene. So, you know, there's no one standard. But in the spirit of Veterans Day, Uh-oh. what we're going to talk about are top ten horrible, horribly inaccurate war movies. I like this. Yes. And right. number ten. Okay. Enemy at the Gates. Let's talk Enemy at the Gates. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I saw that a long time ago. That's not Jude Law. Yes. Is it? Yep, Jude Law, I, sniper, and, uh, and uh, Rachel Weiss. Yes. Um, what I remember from the movie. Okay, so before we get into this, let me let me mm-hmm. put, let me just say that uh, there's a lot of this history, like uh, the backstory of these movies, that I really don't know the full story. So I'm just watching a lot of these just from an entertainment standpoint. Right. So. You're, I'm, I'm going to rely on you filling me in and as well as the listeners on this. Well, Hollywood is not in the business to inform. R- right, exactly. Once in a while there's a good director and the stars will align, but other than that, I agree well, completely. Well, you know, so in, because people don't like to be informed, they like to be entertained. Correct. And Very, very true. And that's the hard part about these war movies. Now, you get war movies that were made, you know, like in the 1960s, you know, like Kelly's Heroes or The Dirty Dozen. Right. Those are the ones that aren't trying to be accurate. They're just trying to have a wonderful zany tale or a crazy caper just set right. in the war. And, but what they do, still do, is convey the tragic... Um, uh, you know, the human condition. Right. Um, and then when you get movies like Enemy at the Gates that is based off of the exploits of a real person, that's when you should pay right. attention yeah. It's like to a biopic. Yeah. Yes. It's not, you know, Saving Private Ryan. Um, after the beaches of Normandy, what a lousy movie. Mm. I mean, because they would never have done such a mission. See it again. I don't know yeah. any of this. I'm just going in from knowing it from a movie. Right. And so seeing it from a perspective, I don't know the actual historical story. I liked it mm-hmm. just because I didn't know. So what I do for watching Saving <clears throat> Private Ryan anymore is I will watch the first episode of Band of Brothers about them at Curahy. Then I will watch the first 15, 20 minutes of, of, the, uh, of Saving Private Ryan. And, like, and I'm good. And then I watch episode two. Band of Brothers. Brothers. That's funny. So I watch, you know, I get to see the Norman Beaches invasion while they're still parachuting. All right, so back to Enemy at the Gates. It is uh, a a cinematic representation of the Soviet propaganda. Okay. So basically what it was is they took this sniper who was very good, and uh, and so the Soviets turned him into this larger-than-life character. He... He was just a normal soldier. I'm trying to remember because that that movie came out a while ago. Correct. Okay. And so they basically, the movie, uh, 
basically blew him up into a superhero size, uh, larger-than-life character. Remind me, he's a sniper, right? And yes. he was so good at sniping people, and that was his superpower, essentially, basically right? Basically a okay. superpower. That's right. And, uh, and then they, so then they had to get the German sniper, who was just as good. <laughs> okay, or, yeah, 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 and then, right. And then who, you know, and, and so they hunted each other. So, yeah, okay, so it was a great tale of cat and mouse. Right. I, you know, if you want a good movie about cat and mouse, you watch The Enemy Below. Between a destroyer and a submarine. Enemy Below. Enemy Below. Robert Mitchum. Oh. And Kurt Jurgens. You know what I was thinking of? Mm. The Sean Connery submarine movie. Red Hunt for October. <laughs> that's that's, that's what I was film. thinking that's of, yeah. That's a fun action film. So, you know, the... The other thing is it showed the Red Army as a super army that uh, took the Nazis' adequately armed troops with a very short supply and weaponry with, like, one rifle and two men. You know, no, no. It was... The siege of Stalingrad was one of the most horrendous sieges in, world, in history. And it just depicts that the Red Army is just this big, unstoppable force. And it was actually... They were not. You know, so it was... Okay, so it was basically you're watching uh, Soviet propaganda from the war with Enemy at the Gates. Interesting. And they were just loosely based off of uh, his exploits. It's funny because, yeah, now that you... I totally remember some of the movie now. That is his uh, mm-hmm. superpower. The other one, which is, uh, I, want, I want God to give me a receipt on the two hours <laughs> of my life back. Okay. Is I've at least earned two hours less in purgatory for having watched this movie. Okay. Jarhead. Oh, Jarhead. Yeah, I remember you t- saying this. Yet again, from perspective of my end, I, I don't know the process of, of that. I don't know. I liked it because of, you know, it's just a solely I didn't okay. know. But please continue. I've never liked the guy, Anthony Swafford, who wrote the book. Oh, this is my Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yes, this was Jake Gyllenhaal. No, I thought you meant you never liked Jake Gyllenhaal. No, he was a good actor. But. What, what happens is Marines who fought in the, in the Persian Gulf and historians are like, what are they trying to portray here? I mean, what they're doing is they're showing that this Marine is an angry killer. Right. Who never gets to fire a shot the entire war. Right, yeah. And so he becomes bitter that, um, that he didn't get to kill anyone. Mm-hmm. Because that's his job. A marine sniper is to kill. Well, yes, but most of us soldiers would be happy to not ever have to. Right. And you're supposed to be trained tough and rough, and the the psychological horrors that this guy, that they present in this was completely unlikely at that time. So you know they just took every cliche and just crammed it into. You know, right into this one movie. Now, you know, with it, later on, with you know, with the uh, Iraqi freedom and enduring freedom, things might have changed, but it just shows that these guys are incredibly di- uh, undisciplined killers. You know, and just so it just, it, it's not what a marine would have done. Right. I mean, obviously, me not being, you know, I was mm-hmm. never part of that life, but I would understand from a human perspective, it's like, I don't want to kill, right? you know, 
if that comes down to it, I have to do what I have to do. But if I don't, that's amazing. That's what you end up wanting. Yeah. Like the Brinks robbery. Yes. They they went off for a specific purpose. They mm-hmm. didn't want to hurt anyone. Right. See how it all ties in? Man, this show's amazing. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then another one that I know you like. It's actually a fairly decent submarine movie, but it's... Did I just mention it? U571. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bingo. Yuck. Sorry, I think of... Um, Yuck. So, the British Navy captured the first Enigma machine. Yeah. And they did that on a warship in 1941, several months before the U- U.S. claimed that it captured. Um, they also totally don't even mention that the, Pol- that the Polish helped break the Enigma code when they were sharing it with the British. And the only one that the U.S. got was in 1944, when this is before, you know, and right. they also decide to use a boat that was designed for the Pacific. It was a training submarine that they used to design for the Pacific, and they put it out in the Atlantic, heavily modified. Wouldn't, they wouldn't have done that. Okay. Um, it was it was also showing that us Americans were you know it totally uh, shows that there was no involvement from the Brits nothing it was all one hundred oh look what we did look at you know so it totally painted our allies in no light which is an absolute poor light right right and there's no mention of actually how we, you know, it was just a fantastical tale of look how awesome we are and, you know, American ingenuity and, you know, let's just, you know, sink the submarine as low as we can then just let it just surface on its own and then shoot, just sink the destroyer. It was just dumb. America, America. Well, it, <laughs> it just made us look stupid because, you know, like we weren't... Anyway, fun submarine movie. Not very accurate at all. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then another one, 1965. This is Battle of the Bulge, number seven. <laughs> Battle of the Bulge. Sorry. You know, you get my your mind, mind out of the. I was gutter. like, wow, there must be well endowed soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about uh, any Frank Miller novels, okay? Um, this is a uh, portrayal of an actual battle. Okay. This was the the last counterattack on the, uh, from the Germans before the Allies had gained a complete and total offensive, making their way into Germany during World War II. So this was after D Day. Okay. This is during the winter, and the Germans basically won this as a tactical victory, but it was still led to their overall strategic defeat. Um, hmm. We, we, we did overcome them, but they had one of the major, nastiest major counterattacks that they ever could have done during the war, and we almost lost that, all the ground that we had gained. Um, this, this movie, Battle of the Bulge, yeah. there is no way you can see any accuracy in it. I mean, just the characters are larger than life. The equipment that they use isn't anywhere remotely the equipment used. Like, all the German tanks are portrayed by U.S. tanks. So there's that. So what I hear is reboot. That would be lovely. I would love to see a remake of Battle of the Bulge. 
Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. And most of the Jeeps and other vehicles that were used by everybody were designed and built after the Second World War. So they're, you know, like Korean War onwards. So like, hey, that Jeep mod didn't Good exist. job, guys. Yeah. Good job. So they just didn't care. They just, make it a movie. Yeah. Make it go boom. Mm-hmm. Right? Just making a movie. Make, Got to make some money. So all the technical errors, just none of the equipment was right. Um, they depicted to re- uh, depict the reality of the battle. Bad weather, snowy conditions made it, it was, uh, gave the, uh, the Germans a crucial edge. We couldn't bring in our allied air support, and that's what helped us, you know. So, and mountainous and woods and forests, you know, so that's what the Battle of the Bulge was. It was woodsy, foresty hills, and the movie is, well, because you have to have decent weather for filming. (laughs) Everything was reasonable, good weather conditions, and pretty much all all the combat was on the flat. Okay. That's... uh... That's called filming on a budget. <laughs> yes. So, so Warner Brothers, you know, it was a Warner Brothers film, in 1965 tried to tell the public how, uh, how Battle of Bulge was and fail. <laughs> so that movie is pure entertainment, nothing historical. So it, it does not meet the Nolan standard. Well, here's the thing. With that one, mm-hmm. I think I would have to leap into the Nolan standard uh, bounce house because with... The, the technical issues that you talk about with just fundamental things that you could easily add, that I get it. I and, and, totally get it. And that's, you know, and, and you, you, you have, I, I was going to say criticized, but you have commented on my over-capability of being able to spot those technical details. And I mean, and you know me, I give every movie the benefit of the doubt. I look for the best in the worst movies, but I understand that completely. But, but when, it's, when it comes to a biopic, make it accurate. Right, that's it. It's a biopic. A biopic should be as accurate as you can. Yes. I, yeah, definitely. And, it, but, you know, and, oh, if, uh, oh, cool, cool. Yes, I cannot wait to talk about number four. Great. All right, number six, Red Tails. Red Tails? I don't think I've seen that. Okay. Red Tails. It was, it was a movie talking about the Tuskegee Airmen. Yep. It was the African-American pilots in World War II. Okay. And the reason why they're called Red Tails is because they all had their tails of the aircraft painted red. red. And so everybody knew that that was a Tuskegee Airman. And some of those guys, historically, were... Uh, Pretty darn tough, and they were some of the better fighter pilots. And uh, so it was, so they made this uh, movie to kind of against discrimination that looked awkward and patronizing. Mm. Yeah, so oops, they failed. The attempts that they did to avoid the discrimination, you know, is just like awkward and patronizing to the people that were actually part of it. And they were so much focused on the subject matter that they wanted they forgot to actually make sure the events were matched by fact. Oh wow. Oops. Yeah. So according to Red Tail, the movie, the squadron had the best bomber score, whereas the records were quietly suggest otherwise. No, not quite. It shows that they also suffered no bomber losses during their whole campaign. And 
they lost 25-plus bombers. See, you would think with biopics and movies about you know actual wars that yes. happen, the, whoever is helping to fund, whatever producer, like you're putting in your own money to make this a successful film. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to be like, all right, you know, let's have a meeting about this film. Um, we need to make sure that it is accurate to the story. Wouldn't you think that's a normal? That's just movie should making one hundred and one. It should be. <laughs> well, you know, but but then again, you know, you're in it to make to entertain the masses, not inform the masses, unless you have a decent director with a decent technical advisor. I think a good example, mm. and I know it's not it has nothing to do with history. Yeah. But DC. Okay. Because they're the reason why I say DC is because. They are in it literally for the money. Mm-hmm. They're in it literally to be better than their, their uh, uh, opponent, Marvel, so they don't care about the story. They just care about big visuals and uh, big-name actors, and that's it. Yes. If you pay attention to the story, if you pay attention to the, the, the source material, you'll have an amazing movie. You certainly would. Like Das Boat. Which you know, the Boat. Yes. Great great submarine movie. It was based off of uh, a novel that an actual war correspondent wrote based off of his own experiences. Mm-hmm. And he was a technical advisor on the movie. See, that's, that makes total sense. Yes. Why not hire someone that's been, that's been there or had experience with it? Like, yeah. Yes. Or at least hire, you know, get a historian to say, you know what, actually, that is incorrect. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And so if you want to make it real... You know, where, where people aren't going to rip it apart and say, wow, what a stupid movie. <sighs> and we're going to come to one of those in a couple moments. Um, I'm excited to see. Here's, the... here's number five. Okay, go. Wind Talkers. John Woo, Nicolas Cage. The funny thing about that is, I, the only reason why I know a little bit about it, my really good friend in Albuquerque, his relatives were Wind Talkers. They're, they mm-hmm. did that. And so he has a ton of insight on that. So I don't know. I, I'm curious to see his thoughts on this one, too. But go ahead. Yeah, it was... Uh, so John Wu decided to... It had, the Wind Talkers had no clear theme. It was just like, look, we're Wind Talkers, now we're in combat. Um, <laughs> it was loosely based around them. Mm-hmm. And they, the, uh, the, the Navajo Native Americans played such a crucial war in winning uh, the battles against the Japanese, this movie does not actually provide the correct con- uh, account of regarding the code talkers. One of the things that they were so proud of mentioning in there is to protect the, you know, they're protecting the coder at all costs. Right. But to also kill him mm. if they had to. Poor coder. It's like, come on, guys. And so it was a theatric portrayal instead of a cinematic depiction. You Good know? job, guys. Yep. It was just like, you know, ooh, ah, you know, they would have, um, but they also understood that too. If to it just in order to keep the code safe, everybody understood that I might have to be killed. Nope. As opposed to, we're going to keep that secret from you, and Nicolas Cage is going to wrestle with his mission. Like, oh, what do I do? Bees! The bees! Yeah, Throw a grenade! The bees! Oh, yeah, and the other thing, John Woo's special effects, 
are not accurate for historical World War II portrayals. Oh, one, John. I, I, make a, I make a joke in there is they throw one hand grenade and it blows up the entire ridge. It's like, you know, they inadvertently put in footage of Apocalypse Now after Nicolas Cage threw a hand grenade. John. Yeah. Mr. Wu. Okay. Now for the one I cannot wait to talk about. Okay. Flyboys. Oh, yeah. I never saw it. I remember seeing the trailer. It was uh, um, uh, uh, James Franco. James Franco. I remember seeing the trailer, and off the trailer, I was like, oh, it looks fun. But I didn't know that it was based off of something. I just thought it was It just... was based off of World War I pilots, the Lafayette Escadrille, which was the uh, an American volunteers in the Lafayette Escadrille, which was the French Air Force at the time. Wide boys. Also, if I'm not mistaken, I think Tyrese was in this. Mm-hmm. The reason why I mentioned that, besides what you're going to talk about, um, there was so many clashes between actors on this that some people refused to work with James Franco because of this movie. So I, it sounds like it's going to fail all around the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you ready for this? Okay. So, it, uh, so there's just every historical inaccuracy in there that you can ever imagine. Um, where... Just, you know, just adding every kind of, just... And then, when you get to the technical detail, do you remember the Red Baron? Yeah. I, okay, the the Red Fokker triplane. Yeah, yeah. The, and there was... And why is that one so famous? Well, it's like if you... The one. It's the, like you the see... The one. You see that, and you're like... Uh, uh, the uh, one. Yeah. It's like a great white. Yes. So... Not the pizza... The, Red Baron, the, the, the Fokker triplanes. <laughs> hey, we don't cuss on yeah. this channel. The the DR one, <laughs> which was a German triplane okay. fighter aircraft. They were so they were not widespread use because they were relative. They were introduced relatively late to the war, and they were an advanced thing to fly. They were actually hard, to, difficult to fly. So most squadrons only maybe got one or two, if they even got one. The Red Baron had gotten most of his kills uh, in other biplanes, but that was the one that made him famous because of it being red. And so he wasn't always in that triplane. Gotcha. But that was the one that he was finally shot down in because he, it, he had become such a legend that he used that to his advantage. Right. Let's fast forward to the movie Flyboys. The director decides to make every single pilot in the German Air Force depicted in this movie flying a red triplane, while the chief baddie flies a black one. Oh. To be like, this guy's evil. Yes. That's pretty much what his and, thinking is. Well, wow. and, and, and then all of the other ones, you know, all of the, 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 uh, the, wow. the spads and the Newports that the good guys were flying had their own paint schemes and uh, emblems like they had in World War I. But everybody cried so, he just cried anger, anger, you know. And so he tried to defend his choices aesthetically as well. I did that so that you could easily determine the good guys from the bad guys during the aerial combat. And you know how the, you know how the, how the actual fighter pilots determine the good guys from the bad guys in aerial combat? 
it was really easy because there's this big white square with a black cross in the center of it. Those were the bad guys. Done. That could be easy. Even if, okay, hypothetically, right? Okay. Let's say the audience doesn't know that. You could easily explain that in like one scene. Yes. That's it. See those bad that's guys it. up there? The, yeah. That's how you identify or the bad literally guy. Literally, an actor or a character would be like, how do we know if there's a bad guy? You see this red cross? That's a bad guy. Yeah. Bam, problem solved. Oh, that's it. Two seconds. Yes. Solved. And wow, that's so amazing. Then, so here's, here's, how also, here's how bad this movie also is. They, the editor was either drunk, stoned, or not on the job. Or both, yeah. Or both. Or all three. Right. Drunk and stoned elsewhere, and so then somebody else had to fill in. <laughs> the, uh, they have scenes where the same plane gets shot down. Oh, I hate Michael Bay does that. I hate that. See, one thing, this movie sounds horrible, but one thing that's, uh, <laughs> that I, ha- I hate about directors, mm-hmm. when you assume that the audience is stupid, your movie's done. Yeah. You have to, I mean, y- you give them clues to piece it together, but yes. you do not assume that they're stupid. Yeah. Well, because you see the same plane get, and then later on, you know, they're probably just having to, oh gosh, right. you know, we need to fill some more air footage. Right. Let's just, oh. I mean, I know you can take a little creative liberty and make the cross bigger, mm-hmm. or, you know I mean? Something that's visually, yes. but that's not a big deal. It still holds, like, right. that's the red cross. And then here's what the final nail in the coffin, the final torpedo in the sink. Go ahead. Is that later on, after everybody cry outcries with this stupid movie, Flyboys, the technical advisor was determined to be a fraudster and fabricated some of the historical facts that they used to base the movie off of. He just was there for a paycheck. Yes. So that came out in 2006. Mm-hmm. Wow. I remember watching it in the theater and I was so excited because the trailer made it look good. See, that's what I remember. I remember seeing the trailer, and I was like, "This looks great." They they didn't show all the all the they didn't show all the 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 thirty or forty red triplanes. They showed just the black one. They showed a few of his squadrons. They showed a couple of these. That's funny. And so they they kept all the historical inaccuracies out of the trailer, <laughs> so that people would go and see it. Yep. So, poo on flyboys. Poo on you, flyboys. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll kind of buzz through this next one because it's fairly easy. Pearl Harbor. Oh, yeah. Yep. Next one. Yep. <laughs> Anything else? Ben Affleck. Inaccurate. Um, it has one of my celebrity okay. crushes in it, but keep going. So, it's... There were no U.S. volunteers that were flying alongside the RAF in the Battle of Britain. No. Sorry. We hadn't entered the war officially. That would have been entering the war officially. Oh, Michael. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, too bad. So sad. Um, more is the commander of Pearl Harbor was playing golf on the day of the attack and that he knew about the Japanese intention for their deadly attack, but that never really took place. You know. So. Pearl Harbor. Yes. I forgot when that came out. Oh well. It was uh, oh yeah, um, two thousand and one. Yep. There you go. Yep. You're right. Yes. So. Yep. Just just lousy. Uh, 
the, not even the not even the attack scenes were very very well done. I watch Tora 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 if I want to see a good movie about Pearl Harbor. What's next? Um, the Green Beret. Oh, I've seen that. 1968. The Green Berets. That's uh, John Wayne. Never heard of him. Who is she? Uh, <laughs> it was just basically cowboys and Indians during Vietnam. <laughs> uh, just a uh, just a John Wayne western set in Vietnam. Fair enough. It's Not very Wayne. accurate, and it was a propaganda. It was basically a propaganda attempt to counteract the anti-Vietnam War, you know, the anti the anti-war uh, stuff that was going on in the country, and be, because because of John Wayne, you it's know, John Wayne, yeah. And then number one. Okay. The Hurt Locker. Oh, The Hurt Locker. Yep. Yet again, I don't know much. I love the movie, but yet well, again, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we, we enjoyed it because it was a great human drama, but it failed to portray the reality of the war. Hmm. You know, um, and twisted some of the facts known about us guys. On You know, uh, one of the, we would, uh, being too melodramatic, it was too melodramatic and out of touch when it comes to discipline. Ah. Uh. You know, they would have, uh, they were risking the lives of too many soldiers by haphazardly showing up at the location without adequate security. Mm. Oops. Um, but was the Hurt Locker, it wasn't based on one sole, like, story well, it history, was, it, right? But what, what happened was it was based off, you know, it was, it should be based in fact. If they want, if, if, and, and that's why I don't like uh, Zero Dark Thirty either, mm. is, okay, they're great tor- stories, but they're not accurate. Mm. I mean... Catherine Bigelow is just telling a story, not fact. Mm. You know, like Oliver Stone. Um, he just wants everybody to understand Vietnam the way he wants people to see it. That's the movie Platoon. Mm. Lousy film. Oh, see, I liked it. Yet again, I don't know these stories. I just right. watch for the movie. Yes. But, but see, unfortunately, people can't quite make that distinction because they... Modern society confuses entertainment with informing. Well, not just that. I just don't have experience in anything military, so I I don't know the real facts. But now I hope that kind of helps show a little bit of the insight into certain elements of the Nolan standard. Why, when it's a biopic, it needs to be accurate. We're gonna do an episode where I'm gonna play random clips from movies, and be like, "All right, Nolan, Nolan, Nolan standard, this go." (laughs) I am so done. I am so down with that. Let's do it. But yeah, um, so that's all I've got is, you know, having a degree in history and having served, those movies are the ones that are just like, well, okay, it was a good story, but stupid. You know, mm-hmm. like Flyboys. I get you. The reason why I didn't walk out of the theater was because I was watching the movie with my mom. Ah. Uh, or else I would have walked gotten out. up and walked out. It was that. It was like, are you not paying any attention to anything from history? Nothing. I mean, it would have been... I don't think I've ever walked out in a theater. Yeah, I don't think I've ever... Uh, on, on, like, if I'm watching Netflix, yeah, the last Predator movie, I did that. Oh, yeah. You actually made it longer. No, I, I made it longer than you did. I made it halfway. Well, I made it... No, I, I made it, like... I, because we talked about the scenes where we turned it off. Yeah, yeah. I made it one scene further than right, you did. And right. I said, okay, that's enough of this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Flyboys, had I not been with my mom... He'd even walked, walked I would have walked out because it was just so, garbage. So if you see James Franco at all, uh, ladies and gentlemen on the street, 
Punch him. Give him Nolan's number. Uh, we'll put it at the bottom of the... Uh, no, I'm not going to put it this Actually, way. that would be really funny because... Uh, let's, let's chat. Let's chat, Mr. Franco, about uh, your, uh, your choice of movies. Oh, Dave. Dave. Dave Franco. Isn't it James Franco? Oh, Dave is his brother. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, see, it's, that movie is so bad you got the Francos confused. <sighs> Stupid Josh. Yeah, Franco. Darn Brolin guy. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. And, um, well, we'll go watch some good movies. Yes. Remember, be entertained, not informed. And Disney Plus is out, so watch it. Or subscribe to it. Apple. Disney Plus. Apple, because they're making a movie about the uh, Air Cruise. But Disney Plus is like... All the Marvel shows and all the animated but, '80s X-Men okay, but cartoon Apple is got teaming up against Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. But Disney Plus, but has so many good shows. But Spielberg and Hanks, you get both. Yes, but Disney Plus first. 